in case you tapped the wrong button, you're listening to Letting It All Hang Out, baby, a show where we bring together a community of skilled, badass people that make me want to get out and live life to the fullest and hopefully inspire you to do the same. This week's incredible episode is with Sophia Mitchell. She's the owner and founder of LabTots, a preschool science program inducing children, breaking down barriers and stereotypes to inspire the next generation of scientists. Her mission at LabTots is to ignite a lifelong love of science, getting children really interested in STEM subjects from a young age so that they're not just learning about the world around them, but they are practically experimenting, discovering, and exploring scientific principles and concepts, as well as their own ideas in an incredibly fun, interactive, and engaging way. Today, we talk about unleashing your inner child, to work through hard problems, how to expand your creativity, or if you're already naturally creative, how to actually buckle down and put it to good use. So, you know the drill by now, let's just get into it. Hello, Sophia. How have you been? It's been a while since we last chatted. I know some things are crazy, but overall life seems like it's pretty good. Yeah. Hi, Haley. Lovely to speak to you again. And yeah, it has been a little while. It seems a bit, things have changed a bit. So we're back into homeschooling now in the UK. Um, so yeah, but we're, we're surviving and it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so can't complain. We're all safe. So that's awesome. Homeschooling seems like, so I was homeschooled for a period of years when I was younger um, and it was a little sort of similar situation. I was um, homeschooled because I had an autoimmune disease called aplastic anemia and it's where your good cells attack each other and so very immunocompromised and so I couldn't go out to regular public school which is sort of similar situation we're in now so it's it's interesting to talk to people who have kids that are being homeschooled right now um and what that process is like would you shed a little bit of light on i remember homeschool like the program that we did was cool uh i didn't it didn't it involved math in a fun way and i was like oh this is nice like i i don't usually like math i don't usually like these things and so as a kid i was like nice i get to chill in my bed i get to do school in my pajamas um but i'm sure my mom probably felt a whole <laughs> variety of different ways because i was difficult <laughs> there were things that i didn't want to do so so how has that experience been for you to be honest it's been a on a on the whole it's been a really really positive one and it's been great that i've been able to utilize a lot of the stuff i do with laptops um so we've been in a very fortunate position that we've got a plethora of different you know materials that we can use um and because i've sort of got my brain focused on how i can do things in a more creative way i think edward my son has benefited from that i'm sure if you actually asked him he'd probably not quite see it in the same way um but yeah i mean the first lockdown was a bit different because you know it, it took everybody by surprise nothing was really set up so it was a bit like oh okay uh, let's do what we can this time i think you know they've had schools have had a bit more time to prepare so there's more online programs now i think you can still you can still tell that things have been a little bit um you know put together in a in a sense of not a rush but you know but you can tell that it, they've not had like ages and ages to post edit and etc etc um so yeah commendations for everything that everybody's put together in such a short period of time so i think in, in the whole everybody's done fantastically well um so we've been following some of the stuff that school has sent through but then i've been trying to expand on it um you know to tailor make it 
to my son and that's been quite cool and we've had a couple of moments where it's you know you're trying things and you get a bit of a <laughs> so I've just invested in some boxing gloves and some uh, and that's actually really good so we've, we've got these little um what do you call them the pads so then if we get a little sense of frustration it's like right get the pads out and you know rah, it's all good so that's been quite fun um but yeah we've done things like uh, we created this game maths ninja so we've used dry wipe markers on the big patio windows so we've drawn these ninjas we made some origami ninja stars and we gave each of these ninjas you know different point systems and we threw the ninja stars and we recorded them and that was brilliant math so again you you know and he so edward was doing it and can we do this can we do this more can we do this more and then we, if we missed we'd take some you know take some numbers away and yeah so we've it's it's really challenged the creative process and to see what works and what doesn't um and just to see how schools are teaching and how they're approaching me online from what i do in my everyday job it's been great research realistically yeah. but yeah so yeah, wow, that's so fascinating. First of all, I love how you bring so much fun and creativity into pretty much everything that you do, as far as it seems, especially with your own kids and other people's kids with laptops. And I love the idea of being like able to take something that's, you know, for lack of a better word, boring to most people or, mm -hmm. or like complicated in a way where it shouldn't be complicated you know what i mean and yeah. breaking it down super simply and i think that we do that for and you do that especially so well for kids but we forget to do that for ourselves like as adults yeah and one thing that stood out to me most is you were like you know he'll get frustrated and so we bring out the little boxing pads and gloves and da -da -da, you know get it out a little bit i love that and it's it's a little note from a playbook that we should take for ourselves of yeah, we get frustrated with projects at work too, just because we're either doing something, learning something that is in our adult world and is more, uh, again, for lack of a better word, advanced, right? Like air quotes. Mm -hmm. It's still the same thing. We're still put in the same situation when we were, you know, how old is your son? He's six and a half. Okay. So we were still in the same position. We were yeah. six, when we were 13, when we were 16. And those stages of life change and how, you know, the situations around those stages of life change. But the core of like how we respond to situations uh, pretty much stays the same, which is so funny. And how do you come up with different ways of making these uh, learning projects, like learning different, I'm literally forgetting the word, what is the genre of school? Like what? Like yeah, what we can do with that. Okay, go, John. Thank you. Yeah, subjects. There we go. That's the word I was searching for. Um, how do you make different these different subjects more exciting? Like when you're putting together programs for lab jobs, anything, because uh, you said this is a good research tool for you. Yeah. To be going through this. So what does that process look like for you? Again, I try and keep it really open. So I don't have... Um, I think the idea is I don't have a process. I try and have a toolbox and I try and think of, well how would I like it to be relayed to me or looking back and trying to remember how I felt when you were you know, experiencing that kind of education back then what would have made it more interesting and a lot of it is just trial and error and you know and suddenly if you it's basically I think just really being open and honest and being prepared to fail which again is a massive life skill. And that's another thing that, you know, science and scientific methodology teaches you is that vast majority of times things fail, but that's okay. 
you know you need to learn from it and then go okay well what worked from that and then what didn't and then okay is there a way that we can maybe problem solve and i think if you're trying to do it in a very creative way then you'll come up with things you know again like the maths ninja that we talked about just before we'd got the questions and we were there and ed was getting really frustrated and i'm getting quite frustrated and I was open with them. I said, look, this isn't easy for mommy either. So what you're feeling, I'm feeling too, that's okay. Okay. We need to then help each other to get through this. And it's not about, and I think that's really important actually from a learning perspective is that children see that, you know, we don't have all the answers as adults, but all they can do is we can try and we can say, well, what else could we do? And then we came up with the solution that actually, if we start getting frustrated, maybe we should just take a break and do something else for a little while, whatever that may be, and then come back to it. So we're not giving up. We just need to take five minutes, go and run around the kitchen, however many times or whatever that may be, get the punch bags out, go and do some colouring, and then just chill out and come back to it. And then think, okay, what did we not like about that? What would change that? How would we then make that slightly different? Or what bits do you really love? How can we incorporate that into what we're doing? And then it just starts that creative, oh, maybe we could do that. Oh, and then, oh, 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 oh yeah, oh, oh gosh. And then, and then suddenly you've got this fantastic thing that you weren't necessarily actively trying to create, but it's also thinking about the purpose. I think you have to keep coming back to why are you doing something in the first place? So again, with education, you take out the tick the box activities, because if you're just doing it because somebody told you to do it, doesn't really make the connection with the real world whereas if you're doing something to say well you know why, why do we need to learn to count why do we need to read well because once you've done that it opens up the entire world for you and you're not being reliant on anybody else to give you that information you can then assess it and you can reason and you can say well does it make sense to me and if it doesn't you can go and look elsewhere and you can ask the questions but you're not having to be reliant on somebody else to tell you the answer mm. And, if, and then I find that if you're very open with children and you're communicative and, you know, we, a lot of people tend to think just because they're little, they're, they're, they're stupid. And it, no, they're able to comprehend phenomenal amounts. But it's you talk to them, you engage, you have to adapt to them. And, you know, each child is very different. Like every adult is very different. Why should that be any why should yeah. that be different you know different, different. <laughs> why should it be um so then you just have to tap into well okay how do i put this in a different way so that it goes through i mean for example we were doing yesterday we were doing some religious studies and well i say religious studies we were doing about um guy fawkes was one of the things that came up on our homeschool plan um and it was the catholics versus the protestants and you sort of talking about it and they didn't really go into any detail it's just like oh they didn't really like one another and guy fawkes wanted to blow up the house of parliament and you're thinking, okay, well, th yeah, that happened, but we're not really dealing with the whole reason as to why do we need to teach them about Guy Fawkes? And it's all about tolerance. And, you know, somebody is in charge, if then somebody is feeling that they're persecuted, they feel like the last root of anything is then aggression and fighting. And that's not what we want, is it? We want to be able to talk and communicate. And that's about being tolerant to other people's views. And then we use an example. I was like, well, it's not lighting a candle into it. I was like, you know, if somebody wants to light a candle and that's what they believe in, and you're like, well, okay, I don't really agree with lighting a candle, but fair enough. If you turn around and say, no, you must light that candle. You mustn't light that candle. And then if you don't light that candle, I'm going to come after you and rrr. And he's like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I was like, exactly. He's like, but nobody's making it. I said, if you're doing something that doesn't affect anyone or you know isn't hurt, hurting anybody, then 
what's the problem? He's like, I know, that's, that's so yeah, that's so cool. And he got the concept, <laughs> but it's sort of, that was sort of the bit that I had to add in because it was more of a tick the box that was given to oh, you know, we've got to cover this on the curriculum, great. But then they'd lost the reason behind why you have to create that. And if you keep going back to the reason and the purpose, then you can start having those conversations and then it sparks that creative thought process. You then start going off in different directions. You then start seeing how everything is interconnected Yeah, and you can start looking at things in a slightly different way. So we started looking at all kinds of things, you know, did research and we looked at some of the stuff from the Bible. So that one little hook then suddenly exploded into all of, you know, all of that fantastic, really quite complex, you know, theology and, 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 and other stuff. But Edward was really, really engaged with that because we've got the purpose right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The perfect, and you said so many things that I want to touch on, which I'm so excited about. Um, there's so many like life lessons and nuggets when what you talked about. And, and I, I don't know if I've ever really uh, had a conversation where the clear correlation with how we were as kids and the way that we learn concepts and all of this stuff and how we just enjoy life translates to how important that is as adults. I, I never really, yes, I knew it. I made that connection, but I haven't had a conversation with somebody that made it so clear. Like you explaining how um, just being a kid and getting all these homework assignments or projects where it's just take the box. It's like, okay, you're going to learn mm-hmm. this um, and you'll learn why later or later, or it's the classic like mom or teacher or parent saying, or it's like, cause I told you so like, you're going to do oh. it. Cause I told you so. And it makes yeah. sense in our kid brain. Um, and same thing with our adult brain. If somebody tells us to do something like our boss and they're like, just do it. Cause yeah, I told you to, or it's on your to-do list. I'm like, okay, but why? And relating it back to things that are important to us or make sense to us or applicable to our specific life makes the thing that we're learning so much uh, better ingrained into Mm -hmm. our memory. Like I barely remember half the stuff from probably the age of, I don't know, five and up. Like, like concrete concepts as, as far as um, maybe math or reading or like stories that we were supposed to learn about history. And I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. I think I got the core concepts, but I don't even know if it was necessarily from those school assignments. It was probably from life lessons, like things that yeah. my parents taught me or things that teachers explained in a way that did make sense. And so how do we, how, because it seems like you're really good at finding connections with things. Like you'll just be looking through your box of tools, like you said, and you're like, oh, you'll think back to your childhood or what you would like as a kid. And you start to make those connections. Does that just come naturally to you? And you're like, boop, bop, bop, like done. Or is it sort of you've, you've learned how to connect what feels good with what is going to be teachable? That's a really interesting question. Um, and the true answer is, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there is an element of, I do things naturally. Um, and I've always thought in a slightly different way. And I, I possibly, again, looking back retrospectively, when I'd be sitting there or even in my corporate life, you know, you'd be going, but this is, I, I don't understand why you can't see that. So that's almost something that I've learned about myself is that actually I do make connections and I am able to see things in a slightly different way. That to me, because I've always been able to do that, you automatically think that anything that you can do, everybody else can do as well. Yeah. So when you work, when you work out, but then maybe people can't, 
then it's about actually maybe I have the responsibility now to maybe communicate that as I call it the method behind the madness so seemingly yeah. when I do certain things people might look at me going what <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> and then you know you learn to pick up on those cues where it's like oh okay right I'm going to just elaborate on that and then if you're if you're struggling with being able to see the path that I'm taking this is my responsibility now to communicate that out to you so you can see where I've got to from point A to point Z. But I think that's that's for everybody. I mean, one thing that everybody talks about is um, uh, common common sense, right? How many times do we say, well, that's common sense? And then people do something that is just doesn't really make sense. And you're thinking, well, therefore, common sense is not really that common, right? So actually, everybody's brains are, are wired slightly differently. And people will come to different solutions and different conclusions based on a whole massive, diverse spectrum of experiences, education, formal, informal, feelings, emotions that, again, can't are intangible. You can't really quantify them. So... It's all about actually, once you kind of embrace that and say, okay, this is my common sense. And then you have that conversation and then it's like, oh, well, that would be your, okay. But then maybe you can, and then you can find the commonality and then you can sort of piece together the, the bits. So, yeah, it's difficult to say whether I've learned to do that. Probably a combination of, of the two really. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely probably a combination of the two. It's, it's First of all, it's awesome that you have a gift like that. I think it's something that, uh, one, not a lot of people have, and two, if they have it, you know, it's, it just seems like it's so useful. Like, yes, it's, it's the whole reason why we look back at history books and read textbooks, and we look back at the past to see what we should do either in the present or in the future, and you just do that on your everyday life for anything, which is so cool. Uh, but beside the point is, this is actually kind of a perfect segue because you're mentioning um, being in work and more of the corporate life and you have to either show your work if people aren't understanding, like, whoa, how did you even do that? And you're like, okay, well, I got from A, B, C, he, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but also just being in a place where one, you have to explain yourself, two, you might have to dial it down so to speak a bit so our personality can't quite shine through as much as we want mm -hmm. and you're probably doing a lot of tick the box activities and now you're doing like the exact opposite or yeah. or something very 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 different how did that transition take place for you and what was the thing that if you were to quantify into one thing that that really made you say you know what, I'm going to shift from this corporate space to moving to what feels more aligned with me and in teaching yeah uh again excellent question um quite a difficult one to answer because i think i was shoved in a way there was a bit of a nudge in the in the direction and you go through a few life-affirming moments that i think give you it's for one not sounding like a scientist here at all it's like the cosmos kind of gives you a bit of a nudge in the right direction you know um because i think when you're in the corporate you know you do the things that i had a very formalized education i was very lucky in certain ways but it was this is what is expected of you this is what you do you go to university you do this you know it's like no 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 you can't because i was i'm scientific as i am creative so i'm almost where do i fit and it was always a struggle am i am i you know, you know a creative artist or am i a scientist and i was like neither really because i'm almost too creative to be a scientist and too scientific to be a true creative so you're like ah, where do I fit so you're you know mumbling around I ended up sort of choosing the chemistry direction and the science um 
because again it was that oh well you can you have the ability you're clever enough to do that clever I, you know using that word in again quotation marks because yeah. as we all know I'm, I'm it doesn't matter that people have different kinds of clever but you know that classic academic you have the ability go and do that the other stuff you can fall back on and if you can do that in your spare time was was actually what was quoted at school mm-hmm. um and then you realize well why why are you being asked to do these things and actually you have to ask i don't have any um hidden agenda i'm very open i'm very honest you ask me a question i'm fine what i've noticed is that there aren't that many people that don't actually have a hidden agenda so i would take people at face value and then you realize actually why were they asking me to do these things well actually it's because it looked better on their league tables mm-hmm. if they had you know more kids going to university more you know truly academic again in the inverted commas the subjects um and i remember my choice of university i originally wanted to go to london imperial for other reasons and I got there and I hated it. I was like, it's, it's not me. Um, and I turned them down. They gave me a place. I turned them down. My school went nuts. And they're like, what do you mean you've turned them down? And, you know, I was like, but it's not me. So you've got, it's all, and why? Because it was a, a very highly academic institution and it would have looked great. Um, but yeah, so you, you kind of go through and, and, and you do the things that are expected of you. And, you know, because you can, I went through that race. And then again, you go into the corporate world and i started off as an environmental scientist so i've been at municipal waste incineration plants in the middle of all the rubbish and everything else down drained in the middle of winter and i'm thinking oh it's a bit cold and a bit dirty maybe i should you know and then i started looking at pharmaceuticals um and the money was a lot better and you know you go again going down that road and you climb the the pole of the you know as i call it the greasy pole and you're trying and then you kind of hit a glass ceiling and you know i hit that point relatively soon in my career and then i was thinking well if i am i going to do this for the next 10 20 years and everybody else around me is 10 20 years my my senior mm-hmm. and you're going for the next job and they need that amount of experience I, I don't have that i know i'm capable but if it's just a tick the box of oh, you know and it's the standard that they're looking for mm-hmm. um and then i had my son and as a result of having my son i my body just decided it wouldn't work properly and then i became a type 1 diabetic so that was again a life-affirming moment and you sit there thinking oh is this really what i want to do you know i'm in my mid-30s now and you know i'm a firm believer that no matter what age you are you can you know you can change and you can do it. that's not a problem but you sort of sit there thinking mm, now could be a good you know i can take all these items and say now would be a good moment Mm -hmm. and i'd always done stem ambassador work and i'd worked with kids and i'd done tuition and it was something that people would tell me but you're really good at this you have like this kind of natural spark and you'd be like yeah yeah yeah, okay fine great and i never really took it seriously it was just something that i did and i found it fun and enjoyable um but then i went actually what if i do start looking at this a little bit more seriously and what are the things that I don't like about being in the corporate? Again, it's that it's the politics, it's the fitting a round peg in a square hole. It's about again tick the box activities and certain people. You know, you get information shared. Sometimes you don't, and it's on a need to know basis. My wings are clipped, and there's only so long that you can carry on before you need to break free. You know, do all of that, and it's almost suppressing your personality. So I think, oh, you know, and. I would do things in a slightly maverick way and I've been known to dress up in massive, you know, in, in, to get a point across in a big meeting in front of hundreds of people <laughs> and some crazy stuff like that. Um, 
and yeah and you just get to that point where actually i think I, I i need to take the hint now and i need to break free what that looked like i didn't know um so i did i took a massive leap of faith which at that point was huge because you're then you know you've, you've finally got to the point that you know you're earning a decent salary life is ticking on but it just wasn't making me any happier and I think the more I was looking at well you know the, the, the more money I'm earning or the more responsibility I'm getting or so all of those things that I thought I wanted you get to it, but it's not making me any happier so mm. the more I get and you go oh but when but that, that classic question oh, but yeah. when if you start asking yourself but when that is the moment when you should just stop doing because actually if you can't be happy with what you've got right now and you're constantly looking for the next thing, for the next thing, for the next thing, that's, you're never going to be happy because there is always the next thing. There's always the next promotion. There's always the next salary round. There's always whatever that may be. So you have to take a bit of a reevaluation and say, okay. And it did take a lot of guts mm -hmm. to say, right, I'm going to start. And I thought, well, what can I do that would again benefit Edward? What can I do that then uses this prior knowledge and this prior skill set that I've got you know I'm, I love performing how can I integrate that into it and actually as a result of that then laptops was born and you know started doing research and I was like is there anything else out there that is a bit like that and there was nothing at the time that I could find and I thought well that's this one of two reasons it's either the fact that it can't be done <laughs> because somebody's tried it and it just doesn't work um or the fact that maybe nobody's tried it or tried it in the way that um I would be so again leap of faith uh and I, I yeah i love creating i love the autonomy and i love being able to say okay or well, that isn't working right i can stop doing it i don't have to go through a chain of command and then the only person you know i have no problem with taking on responsibility so if something doesn't work all on me but then i have the i have the ability to fix it and to run it the way so there's certain things that i do that maybe other people wouldn't necessarily agree with or go oh, i wouldn't thought about doing it like that um but yeah, I'm like, give it a go and mm -hmm. try it. So that, that's where I am. We're five years in and still surviving. So Hell yeah, wow. That is such a cool journey. And, and it, it's so, I'm sure, empowering for you and also just empowering to see how constantly you've been given these opportunities to really see the position that you're in from an objective perspective. And like you were, you were sort of looking around and you're like, wow, okay. I can, you know, I've, I've hit this ceiling for myself, but I'm looking at all these other people and they're doing the same thing. And then you're like, well, maybe as, as soon as you had heard that question in your own head of I'll be happy mm -hmm. when you were like, oh, okay, it's time to make a change. And then you did it. You literally said, all right, like, fuck it. Jump off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you land on some pillows. Or the wings suddenly come out and you turn into this lovely fairy going, oh, marvellous. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I hope I'm not like a penguin trying to fly off this cliff. You're more yeah. like a beautiful bird. But then, you know, you yeah. learn. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you'll slide down on your little penguin belly. Oh my gosh. Uh, but you, you said something earlier that really sparked my interest because I think that for me, I'm very much on the creative side, like more of the left brain, scientific, logical thinking is just not as active. Um, 
but I work with a lot of people who are like that because they're in business. And so they're very mm-hmm. numbers oriented. They're very left brain thinkers. They're very scientific brained. And I want to help, you know, bridge that gap. And I want to be mm-hmm. able to mesh those two things together. And you do that so well. And, you know, this is a big question you might not have the answer for, which is totally fine. But how do you, how did you find, or what do you feel like is a good balance between being creative and letting that side really shine through, but also still bringing it back and being like, okay, how do I make this a real uh, experiment, so to speak? How do I actually apply it in a concrete way in my life? Oh, hey, don't worry. We're going to get right back to the episode. But before we do, we've got a sponsor. This episode is sponsored by 8 to 8 Collective. Now, I'm a little biased because I am the co-founder and CEO, but that that's besides the point. 8 to 8 Collective is a creative agency that's been founded by artists for artists. We aim to amplify the voice of creators by providing resources that make it easier for them to do what they do best, create. We partner with companies and organizations such as Dope Productions, Purple Publishing, CMHX, Solidude, and more, baby. As our goal is to connect like-minded, heart-centered creatives, not only with one another, but with the masses, both online and off, in hopes to help creatives just like yourself, maybe, make their passion a career too. So to see what's up or join the collective, head to 828collective.com. That's 828, like the number, collective.com. Back to the show. Again, I think that's something that I find reasonably easy to Mm -hmm. do, but then I appreciate that actually other people might really struggle. I think a lot of it is being, again, it goes back to that being open, being honest, and the hardest person to be honest with is yourself. And I think then it's also knowing your strengths, admitting your weaknesses, but then once you've acknowledged that, you can then work on making those weaknesses no longer weaknesses. And actually you can turn them into strengths. You can, but you have to be prepared to put the work in to do that. And I think for me, it's just that constant um, reassessment and, and just taking that step back because I, again I get very excited and I'll go off the, oh next shiny thing yay mm-hmm. and then and I have to almost bring myself back down and then you right okay how would that work and then you plan it out and you've got to sort of almost actively engage your logical brain so whether it's even like you imagine that there's a switch and I mean I, I used to say this because again when I, back in my corporate days I used to I used to do a lot of quality assurance that was another one of my jobs and I used to review thousands of documents oh my god but that was something that again when I was a kid the natural thing was just like oh just just go with it and actually sitting down I can see it in my son as well he doesn't want to read instructions he doesn't want to do that he just wants to do it do it do it do it and then learn through experience but then sometimes you can't do that and then you have to go back and you've got to be disciplined so that was one thing that I really had to teach myself. And I mean, I'd be sitting there going, oh my God, I, I want to, you know, this is, oh, bash my head against the wall. But I forced myself to do that. And actually I became exceptionally good at it. And then you get quicker and you get more efficient. And I still can't say I like it. And that's why I'm not doing it anymore. But now that I have to do, you know, you write procedures and processes and I've got to do, you know, the, the, 
either filling out your tax return or doing your um, health and safety, you know, all of those things that are so important, but are really dry. Mm -hmm. Because I've taught myself the discipline, I now don't have a problem with doing those sorts of things. And I think it is, and, and the way I look at it, going back to that, is that, that switch that I used to say, right, I've got to switch that or flip that switch. And I used to say to people, don't ask me a question or to ask me to review this and edit it unless you're prepared for the torrent of stuff that's going to come out and the questions you know I mean I'd have I'd write and I'd have to write the comments down it's like it's something that I had to if I spotted there was a there was a, a, a full stop that was missing in something I had to write it down you know I had to so that you have to just be warned that I will go from one <laughs> to you know crazy reviewing lady that's just gonna uh, um red pen abuse on the on the document and it, I did see it like a switch and I think if you start sort of visualizing that and you go right now I need to go to and, and be this other person for a while and almost emulate what does that look like what traits what things make that superb how can I emulate that behavior mm. and then it's just slowly practicing and then integrating that into it and then over time before you realize you're like oh gosh that's yeah. become now a skill set that I can add to my toolbox of stuff and it's just I pull on that when I need to mm -hmm. um, and equally then you know the switch gets turned off thank god that gets put back <laughs> in the box and then you can start on something else so yeah that's that's kind of how I approach it i don't know if that would work for other people but i don't know maybe give it a go I'd, yeah, yeah give it a try see if it does i think that it would definitely because i totally uh i resonate with what you just said of, of like that switch because for me um i'm more on the creative side more often but when i know that i need to be more strategic i need to just sit down and get something done i definitely mentally make that shift of like all right cool now you're going to shift from your right brain thinking to your left brain thinking yeah. just get her done and it that's so great for creative people um and what's interesting too is almost flipping that so vice versa is going from uh strategic or left brain thinking to creative does that require because in my opinion it definitely does it requires a lot of curiosity like you even mm -hmm. said you're like i if if you're coming to me and my brain is switched on creative mode i'm going to be asking you a lot of questions before i can get this done so curiosity is a huge part of creativity do you think that in order to help people become more creative so that they can diversify their problem solving skills so on and so forth they just need to ask some more questions, get a little more curious, like dive into the unknown a little bit. Yeah, I think so. That's a very, yeah, very good question. Because actually, working um, with a lot of scientific people in the corporate world, we did a. Um, I was actually part of a creativity team where we then looked at, at toolboxes to sort of try and teach people who weren't necessarily what you classify as being creative thinkers into more creative thinkers. And actually, I think the switch the other way is a lot harder. Mm. I think it's far easier for a creative to, because it's just discipline, really. I think and the, the main thing is to sort of just knuckle down and get those things done. Whereas actually to suddenly free yourself and you know, you know, if, if when we look at, um, you know, your internal belief systems and all of that, you know, what hampers you from, from being free in a happy life as to what you've been instilled. If it was so easy to just unchain those shackles, 
we'd all be living our best life, right? So I think there is that doing it the other way around, going from a more scientific, strategic brain into being more creative, I think actually is seems to be more problematic so i think there are ways that you can do i think one thing i observed and i noticed when we were doing a lot of these creativity um things is that they'd almost be answering the questions and putting um you know full stops on it before they'd even really allowed it so just saying that you can allow yourself to think about you know in an ideal world what could that be you know it's almost sci-fi it mm. so you can think of oh well you know what would be amazing is we could have this you know flying thing that then pooped magic stuff you know i mean and you'd, people would be looking going, well that's not possible you know well it's not possible yet but let's just don't rule anything out just 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 go with it mm. and almost that really i can't and you just get this really weird look <laughs> on people's faces like oh i feel really uncomfortable now this is not good oh. and it would be that they'd stop it before they'd even allowed that idea to manifest and a lot of it is the fact that you, you, you start and yeah a lot of things that you come up with in these brainstorming sessions or whatever are completely ludicrous or tops <laughs> but actually that's the process of you go through these wild fantastical ideas that you can then, after you've got this lovely, I don't know, rainbow vomited ideas all over <laughs> the place, then you can start refining things and say, right, now you start applying the logic, as in, what have we got the capability to do? What will work? Where are our budgets? Where, you know, what are our constraints? What are our limitations? And it's accepting that and then working within those parameters. But you've almost got to allow yourself not to set those parameters to start off with. Mm -hmm. you know you almost have to set the parameters after once you've gone because then actually you might think well like, yeah in an ideal world great we could have this drone and then pops of the that might not be capable now but mm -hmm. actually you know if we thought about it the ipad would never have been created or things like so it's, it's sort of right. we might not be able to do that now but actually that's a good thing to aim for in the future and how would we maybe go about trying to make that happen mm -hmm. and that's where you get true scientific discovery but I think there are a lot of people that are put in that middle fix that are, yeah, the breakaway scientists, you know, your Albert Einsteins, et cetera, those are the ones that are really thinking creatively and then they can come back to, right, now we've got to solidify that and now we've got to make it make sense, you know, make it make logic, parameters, et cetera. But they have the ability to then just break free and just go, there are no limits. Mm -hmm. but, how again is that something you can learn to do again is it a practice thing that you just you know and i suppose once you've realized that it doesn't matter i think a lot of things as well is that people feel that oh if i say something that isn't sensical or again you know i've just said about a unicorn pooping goodness no or whatever mm -hmm. everybody's going to laugh at me and then that comes back down to actually open honest don't take yourself too seriously mm -hmm. and if you can be a bit silly say something and then go yeah okay that's fine mm -hmm. i think that then allows you and frees you to be able to start questioning properly and you know there is and if you truly believe there is no such thing as a silly question mm -hmm. i think a lot of people when you get into the academics and you get into the logic because there is often a definitive yes and no factual answer and people like it to be that rather than opinion based um yeah, I think that's something that they need to embrace a bit more and be open to that 
it's okay to be wrong or that, that you know that, that sense of that feeling of oh people are going to think i'm stupid mm-hmm. but once you've just got and the people that i've worked with i mean i've worked with some amazing amazing people in my time and one of the, one of the best auditors i ever worked with just constantly question 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 and you could see people in the room going mm, she a bit of an idiot why does she ask you know but she didn't care and actually she would get to the point where she would question to the void and she would hit and she was the best auditor i'd ever seen mm. But people who weren't on that wavelength couldn't quite understand why she could almost allow herself to ask those questions that to them seemed, well, that's a bit of a stupid question. It's like, but no, that there aren't, because actually by going through that chain, she's got to the bit that, mm-hmm. and now everybody's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we don't know. Bingo. There you go. Oh, but you have to allow yourself I just to, be, like... to be a bit stupid. I love that so much because it just, it makes so much sense at the end of the day um, because we, we, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be, be proper and chill and calm and, and uh, fit into a certain box in school and in work and in life. And expectations. Yeah. We have lots of expectations that we're supposed to follow. And like you said, if we are coloring outside the line just a little bit, we're afraid that we're going to be ostracized or made fun of or judged or whatever it may be. Uh, But in reality, I would say most times that doesn't happen because most Mm -hmm. people to the core are good. And yeah, maybe a thought will come up in their brain here and there, but really doesn't matter. And then if somebody does genuinely care, you're probably not that close to them where it even matters. Probably yeah. just a you know a blip or a speck in their life that came in and left, and then you'll never see each other again. So it just goes to show, like, yeah, be silly, be a a little bit more open to different possibilities, and yeah, that's it's it's more of a practice, as you said, because I see now how yeah, it can be really difficult to go from this strategic left brain thinking into breaking free of the shackles, so like you said, so to speak, um, and opening up be creating this limitless possibility and you're like whoa 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 no it's nothing's too big it's right scary. you're like whoa too big it's trying to think about the multi universes or something you're like whoa yeah it's too complicated um so i can see how that would definitely be challenging but this was such a good conversation i think this is a perfect place to put this to bed and because i have so many questions that i could probably <laughs> ask you we would be able to talk for like six hours uh we'll put a cap on this and you and I, I'm sure we'll have another conversation in the future, but I always Absolutely. end my podcast and ask one last question, which is for one person listening, is there a piece of advice or just anything that you would like to say to them uh, and have them here? I suppose just try and be honest with yourself, true to yourself. Don't be so worried about what other people are thinking or what other, you know, about, you as an individual but you have to you know just be that awareness that fun and meaningful learning is not mutually exclusive serious and meaningful learning are not collectively exhaustive and just just have some fun and as long as you're not hurting yourself hurting yourself or hurting other people go with it Mm, i think yeah just have fun be a bit silly you can always be serious as well the two you can you can be both you can be everything if you want to be Yes. Oh, I love that. You can be everything if you want to be. And where can people find you? Where can people learn more about LabTots or anything else that you have coming in that they can just connect and make sure that they're up to date with everything you got going on? 
LinkedIn is brilliant. So you can search for me, Sophia Mitchell laptops on LinkedIn. Um, I have got a Twitter account. I don't really, I'm, I'm not a, a, a tweeter, shall we say? Um, <laughs> even though I have an awful lot to say and I can carry on and yeah, the writing bit. And, yeah, it's quite a, more emojis, I think. Um, www.laptops.com. We're in the process of doing a whole massive revamp um, and then e-learning and all that kind of stuff coming on board. So watch this space. And Facebook, um, laptops.preschool.science. Awesome. Probably the best place in Instagram. Beautiful. Yes, everything will be linked in the description. And definitely go check it out. There's amazing things coming in for the future from Sophia as far as education goes and making it accessible for people. So definitely follow Sophia. Uh, gosh, this was so fun. Thank you again so much. I had a great time. And you're most welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, I pop my pop my pop my podcast cherry now. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my God. I, I love it, Sophia. We will definitely chat soon. Yeah, absolutely. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. I definitely know that I did. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can message me on any of my social media platforms at Haley Kalani. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.